You are now listening to the Blueprint Pod. Get ready for another exciting episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Blueprint Pod. I am your host, Ray Roots, and today with me, I have my co-host and co-founder of the Blueprint and my visuals, aka Muhammad Imam. How are you, bro? What's going on? I'm all good. I'm all good. Just dropped the fourth video on YouTube channel. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm on four weeks of uh, consistent YouTube uploads. Um, that's a new thing for me. Uh, I've been enjoying it, but boy, it's exhausting. <laughs> that's hard, right? Yeah, the, the media couldn't come sooner, but yeah, man, got some good guests coming on. So yeah, I'll just let you introduce them. Yes. So today we have two very special guests on. Uh, we have Dawood and Daniel of Lime Studios in London. How are you guys? Very good, man. How are you? I'm great. So thank you so much for coming on the on the show. Uh, could you guys tell us like what it is that you guys do at the Lime Studios? Uh, yeah, so we're basically a um, production company stroke um, creative agency. We basically work with brands to develop their content for social media. And uh, yeah, so we're pretty much trying to... Uh, help brands in that sense working with a few different brands and then on, on the side we also do a few sort of clothing drops every couple months so that's sort of the main gist of of what we do mm. oh that's interesting so so uh how did you guys get into like production video production and photography and stuff like that um so we were always kind of um creative in that sense just from younger we always sort of played around with cameras and uh, all that stuff um really early on we were just sort of messing around as you do you know just making taking photos making videos um it got slightly more serious when uh me and me and dad were basically just sort of freelancing on our own and uh just doing odd jobs here and there so he he would do his own thing and i would do my own thing and then we just pretty much just got to a point where we realized <coughs> sometimes I was doing projects or, or I'd give him a project or he was doing projects and he'd give me a project and then we just sort of thought let's get to a point where we kind of just team up and, and do something under a brand. And it was it was good because we were sort of always together as well so we had this time that we could spend on just building the brand up, you know. Mm. It's interesting because it, um, I think all, all five of us are from... Um, all four of us are all I think I've got another extra persona coming in as well but yeah all four of us are from like pretty like ethnic minority backgrounds um, and we're all creatives as well so I just wanted to know like especially with the two of you being brothers um, how was it like um, kind of introducing that to your family and like what did they think about it and that kind of thing you know yeah I think uh, we obviously uh, Dowd's obviously studied <coughs> film at university and stuff in, in my uh case i i was sort of my life was always kind of split between like sport and as a, half my life was like in sport and half my life was always kind of like in the whole creative world like i liked art and, and photography and stuff so i think like our fam our family always knew that it was like a part part of our life but it was actually i think we probably had a little bit of an easier ride than most because they kind of saw the progression especially like as we were freelancing or as you start to sort of make slightly a little bit of money that kind of makes makes sense but it was never something that um was difficult for us to get into the our family was pretty much accepting of it and my, like my mum was sort of creative and and her mum was sort of in that field a very tiny bit not for work but they always had that creative side so i think once they saw kind of the vision it, it wasn't too 
difficult to sort of introduce it to them. It's quite interesting. Like, what kind of creative things did your uh, mum do and your grandmother? Uh, they were just you sort like, of like, uh, yeah, it was sort of just a general thing. I think my mum used to draw a lot, and my grandmother actually, she she used to create like she was really good at I think at making sculptures or something yeah. like that, and. I think at one point she was offered a job at like uh, what's it called, Madame Tussauds, but um, mm. obviously wow. just like sort of religious uh, beliefs and things like that, she wasn't obviously comfortable with creating like statues and idols for a living, so she obviously didn't take it. Well, that was sort of like the pinnacle because I think at that time it was quite difficult to sort of be offered anything like that. So it was mm. sort of like kind of validation on, on how good she was. But um, mm. yeah, they were sort of just just creative in a general sense, but I think drawing, painting, and stuff like that. Mm. I'm wondering, like uh, now, this is obviously this is like uh, now we're we're on the topic. I'm gonna ask my co-host, like, how does how did your family react to it? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think they still don't know how to react to it. But I mean, <laughs> for for them, it's like I'm not dropping all my. I'm, if I, if I, if it was like me dropping my nets five and doing like dropping everything, then I think it would be a, a quite a difficult, quite a difficult thing to react to. Because even with my nets five, I did an apprenticeship, and before that, I dropped out of uni, uh, and they weren't very happy with that. So I can imagine what kind of things I'll have to deal with if I was to leave everything and like fully uh, pursue my creative career like full time. So I, I think I would struggle there a bit, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, for me it was it was mostly like just focus on uni, just focus on education. And then I got my degree and it was like, hey, focus on work, mm. focus on work. But then the money started coming in and they're like, ah, you know, maybe it's not <laughs> such a bad thing anyway. Mm. Yeah, so for me I it was, uh, I think I've, I've kind of been through the same thing as you. Like if I had dropped everything, Mm. I would have gotten in trouble, but because it was a side thing until the money started coming, mm. um, like it was different. Danielle, did you say you were doing sports or something? Or? Yeah, so I I actually went to uni for sports science, and that's like sort of growing up. I was always kind of uh, heavily involved in sport, and uh, like you guys mentioned, I think one of the reasons it was kind of easier for us to sort of transition was we did the whole university thing and, and we both ended up getting our degrees so we, we sort of got that all out of the way and uh, sort of so once we did that we were sort of able to move into for, for example for myself I, I moved into like the uh, professional sports industry and I was working with a well I still am working with a team in London and um, yeah so that sort of like half my life was always in kind of sports and and aiming to go into elite sports and then the other half was sort of the creative so it's kind of nice being able to um sort of have a, f a feet in both worlds if that makes sense mm. that's interesting it's like how, um do you feel like any of that influenced your creative work or uh, influenced like the kind of people that you've linked up with since because of that like like with sports and and your creative side yeah i think i think um Sport. I think once you kind of spend more time in in sport and you sort of like slightly go up the levels, you realise a lot of things are intertwined. Like, uh, um, especially in so my sort of focus was in football, and, and you can sort of see little things that just the, the way. So if you're working in like coaching or management, there's sort of you can take things from the creativity side in like the art world and you can mix them into sort of you pick things up and it's just little skills like communication and little bits of leadership and things like that they kind of translate mm -hmm. so it, they are two very different worlds but there are like a few similar points in between if that makes sense 
So you you to football then? Yeah. Uh, what team do you support? <laughs> I don't know if I should say. I'm an Arsenal fan. Arsenal, of course. I, I knew as soon as oh, he Oh man! <laughs> oh, wow. I don't even watch football, and I'm I know what that means. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all Arsenal fans. Yes, yeah, so I'm United fan, so yeah, it sucks to be us. <laughs> we better we better concentrate on the creative side right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you guys like the 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 dynamic between the two of you. How do you how do you divide in work and how do you divide in the roles and who knows who does what and, and stuff like that? Like, do you ever do you guys ever clash as uh, partners? I think we we do like clash, but on a very minor level. I think that's always going to happen when when you're working on something so subjective so but most of the time it's like we just we're just bouncing ideas off each other and and it it helps more than more than it uh hurts i guess so yeah we're, we're with the creative stuff we're pretty it's pretty good because we're on the same wavelength we're into the same things we're inspired by the same things so it kind of helps us in that way mm. Would you say that there's a bit of friendly competition between the two of you then? Because I know me, I'm very competitive in it. So if I see someone making better work than I, I am, then I need to go get on it. And then uh, if I don't, then I feel really bad about it myself for, for a good couple of weeks at least. <laughs> yeah, um, in our sense, it's, we don't really get competitive. I think we probably get competitive in, in everything outside of um, the creative, creative stuff. Because we we're, we're quite similar in what we do, but then we're also quite different. So. Like Dowd's like quite proficient and technical with editing, and he's very good on that side. And then I might be something something more on the creative creative side, think of an idea. So we kind of like maybe I'll have an idea, and he'll know how to put it into place, like actually putting it onto a, mm. for example, Photoshop or something like that. So it kind of the balance is 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 quite good. Obviously, you have ideas that clash and we go back and forth, but I think that's sort of natural with with anything really when you've got two people. Yeah. So what do you guys say inspires you? Like what makes you want to work? And like what makes you want to be creative? Uh, I think there's a loads of things. Like for me mainly, I think it's watching like other creatives at the highest level and see, seeing what they've achieved and how they've done it. And just like, and watching like interviews and listening to podcasts and, mm. and just, uh, just figuring out how they, how they got to where they where they are and then like trying to plan my my route through that if that makes sense mm. Mm. would you say there's anything specific or anyone specific like, like give me like your top three like like best artist or favorite artists uh, i want to put I'd you on the spot there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd say uh top three i think probably like my my top one in like creative wise would probably probably be Kanye West just because of everything he's done in in music and then outside of music as well I think it's it's like it's amazing what he's achieved in his main field and then how he stepped out into something totally new and then just like totally conquered that as well so I think he'd probably be up there for me I think maybe from for myself just from like the overall aspect like we kind of followed not so much the business plan, but kind of the ethos of. There's a guy called Cole Bennett. He runs like a company called Lyrical Lemonade. Um, we've always kind of liked um, the way they've done things because I feel like some of the stuff we do is kind of not against the grain, but we kind of don't follow a specific plan for how the brand sort of lives. So uh, his is quite. Um, 
independent in the way he they kind of just do their own thing whatever they want when they want and they do it with their own style and we sort of try and follow that same follow that same um, route yeah and I think I think what like they've inspired us a lot with with the approach we took to to launching the brand like we've always been brand first like build up the brand first and then worry about the other stuff later so I think I think they've they've inspired us a lot in that way right um, can I ask, like, at what point do you guys like start taking it seriously, or like taking like creative work seriously and freelancing and stuff? Um, so I was always like, uh, when I came out of uni, I was obviously um, working, and then on the side, I'd have like my just you know, the general like photography projects you'd get, or every now and again. So it was, um, I was just doing a few little odd jobs, and then I think uh, we got one of our larger projects from overseas and it was sort of like it was that kind of moment where you don't you know when you don't really know how much to charge or the project comes a little bit bigger mm. so you don't want to charge too much or you don't want to charge too little and then we sort I sort of didn't really know what to say so um we just we just asked them what what their budget would be I think you're not really supposed to ask that but they gave an amount that was like I think we realized that like, oh oh crap there's a little bit of money in this or whatever and um uh, because of kind of growing up that you're creative but there wasn't that many ways to sort of monetize um or build a sort of career early on so yeah. i think um i think just uh from, from the freelancing it gave it like a taste and then when we came together and started uh partnering up with some of the brands we work with i think it was that was the point i think maybe just before launching or just after launching where we thought okay we can maybe um go quite serious with this and, and, and build something that would last for quite a while. Mm. I want to talk to you guys, guys about pricing because that's like the most uncomfortable conversation to have with a client <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. So how did, how did you guys go about like the first paying client that you guys got together as a team? How did you guys like deal with the, the payment side of the, of the deal? For well, me personally, when they talk about pricing, I start to cringe and I start to yeah. doubt like could I even ask for this much or am I gonna do I have to say a lower price so I don't lose them like how do you guys go about negotiating pricing and like with the client but also internally uh, between the two of you yeah so like um just just, just from on our on our uh, sort of background we're not from like a hugely um creative sort of community so we were kind of figuring like we didn't really know anyone like our age or friends or anyone that started their own business or so we didn't really have anyone to sort of reference like oh bro how much did you charge for this or that so we were sort of figuring out as we go um i think we, we, we had an idea because obviously we were freelancing before so we we sort of just priced them on, on what we thought the service we were offering is worth so I think that's always the most important like is staying true to to what you know you can do and then pricing it off what you believe your your service and your skills are worth mm. do you, I, I don't know how how, how how much you're into doing this but you guys want to do a little role play uh, I'm probably going to be rubbish at it. <laughs> what time? I mean, it's super uncomfortable. I, I, I think I think a lot of people can relate to like going into like a meeting with a client and then, like, what do you say when the client says, "No, that's that's way out of a budget or that's too expensive"? Well, we were thinking more like this price. Yeah. Like, like, so I, I can I can say for for myself, I've had clients that went from no thanks, that too expensive, to literally telling me, "I'm not like you're not doing that much work anyway." 
Like, how do you deal with different? Like, if, if a client tells you, for example, that's that's too much, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, I think that, that happened to us. Um, we, so I think when we launched in June, uh, around like six weeks after we launched, there was a it was like a really exciting client in in the uh, uh, video game industry for a game that was coming out, and um, we had already done a few projects with a few brands. So we kind of we kind of had the benchmark for how much we'd how much we charge and um we obviously we went we went to the brand gave them our price and they were like nowhere near it and they wanted something like significantly less and that was kind of the decision where do we just take the client because because the, the brand name is quite good and it could help on the portfolio or do we sort of stick to our um stick to our price and stay firm and 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 uh, risk like essentially losing the project and then I think that's what we ended up doing we didn't move on the price and we went back and forth a few times and it would have been quite good to have them on the portfolio um, to share to share for future work but we sort of stayed true on that one and, and looking back maybe I, you, I could say that it would have been good to have them on the portfolio but uh, yeah in our case we just stuck to our price and it, it, you're right it is it is awkward especially when you're starting out because you don't know you don't want to offer too less but you don't want to be sound greedy and offer too more too much so i think if you just let's say you do five or six projects and you kind of get a benchmark for okay a smaller business would charge x amount a larger more household name would we can charge x amount and then it sort of just comes with experience but it's definitely something we're still we're still uh, learning as we go so what about um so you know those those people who maybe have known you since you were a kid or something and uh they see your work and you're like hey you can help my business well you got to do che- can you do cheaper or for free i mean like how do you guys feel about free work or even or even discounted work for businesses not for people but for businesses do you think it helps your brand or do you think it hurts you in the long run i think like when you're st- when you're starting out i think free work can, free work can help you definitely because you need to build that that portfolio and you need, you need those you need to sh- you need work to show people and i think at the beginning it helps but as you start to progress through you, you the money is important so i think uh for people starting out i would definitely advocate for for doing a, a bit of free work here and there but don't don't kill yourself over it yeah i think it it kind of depends on the circumstances like if you're for example like how we were like freelancing photographers or whatever and if you've got like literally zero clients and you've got a bunch of time on your hands or uh, you're in between jobs or something like that and you've got nothing on i think you can afford to maybe email your favorite brand or something to say hey um i shoot these kind of images here's my work i uh, would love to work with you in that in that sense like you're not doing anything anyway, so it might be worth spending your time just creating something. And if they really like it, they may end up being the client. But I think, yeah, you do have to be careful. Uh, we always try and stay away from working with like friends or family, just because that's kind of uh, it. You know, it gets a little bit awkward, or we don't really like charging friends or family. We don't. We try and stay away from it as much as we can, um, and we haven't come across it too much. But yeah, we try and just sort of avoid it in general. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, I agree. But yeah, when it comes to friends and family, <laughs> I want to see their businesses prosper as well. So I, I, I end up doing a lot of free work for them, but I don't mind too much because it's rewarding yeah. when I see their businesses grow and stuff. But yeah, that's a, that's a whole 
another topic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we we there's there's been situations in the past where maybe a friend or someone has has asked if we can do something. It's not this, it's not the kind of thing where we'd be like, no, sorry, we don't work with you. If, if we're gonna do anything, we'll have to end up doing it for free because we just can't envision charging like friends or family. But if mm. we can sort of avoid the situation in a whole, I think we try to. But yeah, of course, you we we do we do our best to sort of help. Yeah, most of the time, um, if the friends and family hear the prices you're charging, they're like, "What?" Don't <laughs> <laughs> really? fall back over, man. Yeah. If they hear the prices that you charge, they're like, "Yeah." You know what? I had a, I had a. Sell out. So I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say who it was, but I had a friend of of our family who has a business, and he was asking me to do something for him, and and I told him I'd help him for free. Uh, and he said he said that he was gonna pay me once because it was a very really new business and they had like meeting, meetings with investors and stuff. So I knew there was potential. And right now they're making a lot of money. Um, but but because I know them, I told them, you know what, I'm gonna help you. Um, but I have a client who's paying me a lot of money. Like it was my highest paying client. So you're gonna have to wait till this client is gone. And this guy started insulting me. Like you're not doing anything. You're just watching Netflix at home anyway. Why don't you do it? Like. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you more than that client is giving you. I'm like, whoa, chill, dude. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I, I'm working for free, man. Like, what do you guys expect for free? Yeah. So have you guys ever had anyone who's who's getting a, an insane discount or working for free start to like, like act like they're paying a lot? And if you guys have, like, how do you deal with that? I mean, I don't know if we've had anything like that specific, but we have had like had clients that we weren't charging like a crazy amount. Like they're one of our lower clients, and then they start like demanding like like uh, work from us that that we'd expect them. We expect if we were getting paid a lot more. So I mean, we we try to be fair with it, and I mean it, it's, it is a rarity. Like most people we work with, is they're cool, and I, th- I guess uh, it's just like one bad apple out of the bunch. Yeah, I think we're, we're sort of I don't know if lucky is the word, but we don't know many people in our sort of circle that um have their own businesses or or require photography so we've probably been friends or family we've probably been asked like twice and both times we've done it um, um obviously it is always a little bit awkward and i, I don't i don't have the answer for, for how to sort of work around it but yeah in our case we we're not sort of surrounded by loads of friends and family who have started their own businesses or require content so it's not something we run into too often but uh, no, I definitely get get where you're coming from. I think I think you I think I, I don't I just kind of I want to clarify what I what I meant. Like I'm I'm not saying because that, and this is for the audience. I'm not saying because it's free I I can operate with some sort of freedom. Like I still have to act professional and treat it like an actual client because yeah. I took that job myself. I didn't like they, I, they didn't force me to take it. I took it myself. So obviously I I think everyone should treat even free uh, gigs as as if they were paid. Because mm. uh, yeah. then you, that means you actually end up putting your 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 entire like a lot of effort into it, and then you get a good product that you can use for your portfolio. Yeah, yeah. I um, think I think sometimes people, especially outside of like the work like you guys do and we do, people don't sometimes realize how much effort goes into it, and they sort of think, oh, we just got a camera, he's going to press the button a few times and send me the pictures. And I think that's why they demand. Well, once you're sort of inside and 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 you see like the back end. Um, you realize how much effort actually goes into it. So I think sometimes when people don't appreciate how much you put into it, they sort of demand more. Okay, so uh, away from the business side of things, away from the boring talk, 
I have more business questions because we have two talented people who I followed, I followed you guys for a while, right? Like I know for a fact I've, I've known Dawood for a while. I, Danielle, I think I've known you as well, but I, think, I don't think we've spoken before. Yeah. Um, but, but I noticed you guys said stuff like if you're in between jobs or if you have nothing to do, if you have time, email a, a brand that you want to work with. So how do you guys go about approaching, like how do you approach getting new clients? How do you, how do you actually get a new client? Because that's hard. That's really difficult. Yeah, I think uh, that that's like the I think the, the hardest one in that's like the hardest one in uh, to answer. I think because I think we were quite lucky. Um, like we're not too proud to to say that we um, when we launched, like we launched with quite a few brand, uh, good projects when we were building up to the launch day, and ours was sort of uh, slightly I think unconventional. Where, for example, we launched the Puma campaign and then. We had a few, we had quite a few smaller sort of startups and brands come to us and say, oh, we really like what you did with Puma or we really like what you do with Casio or something like that. Can you do that for us? So we were sort of lucky right off the bat where people, a few brands came to us and it gave us a chance to sort of build up and get a little bit of a reputation. But from my experience, every time we've wanted to work with like a brand, like a really exciting brand and we thought we could do something with it's just it's been through emails we don't have a huge like contact list of people in the industry or anything we're sort of figuring it out ourselves we've just sort of sent emails and said hey this is our website this is our instagram and we've always sent like our personal accounts as well because sometimes you've got maybe a little different flavor on there and we've just said um we really like your brand and uh, we'd love to work with you guys and, and it's always hit or miss you can send a bunch of emails and get no reply but sometimes you, you you get the reply and they take a chance on you and, and it works out in the long run. I've, I've done that before. I think uh, about eight months ago, I think I messaged like 50 companies. And like you'd be surprised at how many that actually respond. Yeah. Um, but you but like most of them don't. Yeah. Um, but but in my experience as well, they uh, a lot of people assume that when you reach out to them, it's going to be unpaid work. So how do you make that clear in a, in a message? Like, do you have any? Do you have like top three tips for like cold emails or, or like something that you guys always do that works? Um, we haven't. I know a lot of people do uh, cold emails. We, we kind of haven't sort of uh, done that so so much. Like sending a bunch of emails out. Um, we actually spoke to a guy recently in New York who who was talking about how he sort of his story and how he it was interesting to hear and he basically said he did offer free work but he always did it with the intention of signing them eventually so he'd give them for example the thing is with content content runs out right so if a brand has 10 images and they post 10 images the, the way instagram kind of works is if you keep posting those 10 images over and over again you're going to eventually run out so you're going to need more so he would always he would always uh, create the best quality of work he could do and he would send them maybe like five images so they sort of not get hooked but they get a feel for how the content does and how it looks for their brand and then it sort of stops and then it's sort of the onus is on the brand now okay we need some more let's go back and this time it's not and then this time the creator will say okay this one's not for free um i'm gonna need to uh, to be paid for this work and that's kind of like so it's almost like giving a sample and then 
and then um, holding off until they want you. But it is very difficult um, uh, to, especially with brands you really want to work with, it, it is difficult. But I think if you, sometimes it's all about luck as well. Sometimes you can just send an email and you've emailed at the right, the right person at the right time and they need you. And I think you could just go from there. A sprinkle of crack, and then they come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. You have to use crack as an analogy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched a lot of Dave Chappelle lately, and <laughs> okay. it, does, it, it does use that word a lot. So, <laughs> oh, that's not part of your di diet, man. Uh, no, yeah. I promise you, it's not. <laughs> I would have been a lot skinnier if it was. <laughs> All right, cool. Like, man, no more business questions for me. I promise. So, yeah, I want to get into like more of the creative side of things. Like, what is your creative process without without obviously exposing your secrets too much? But what's your general creative process like? Let's say you sorted out the business side of things. Everyone signed the contracts. You started working on the project. How do you get started, and like, what roles do you take up from there? Um, I think like the earliest stage for us is once once we've agreed on a project, it's it's like research and development. So. So we, we try to understand the, the brand identity of the brand we're working with. And then we try to look at how other similar brands have their, have done their content, how we can like put, put our twist on that. And that's like the earlier stage. And then we start uh, doing the boring stuff like booking locations and, and booking models and stuff like that. And then we plan the shootout like in detail. I mean, it, it, it rarely goes to plan on the day, but we try to plan as much as we can. And then, then it's just a shooting. And then the funnest part for me is editing. I don't know if that's the same for everyone else, but I enjoy that the most. It's like just, just knowing you've done the project and then being able to just spend hours on, on editing and like finding new ways to present the work. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the same. But I don't know, like recently, like obviously right now what I've decided on doing is focusing more on on the YouTube side of things in terms of like sh showing what I've learned and learning like new things and stuff. Um, so I haven't been doing as much editing and freelancing as I would like. I've actually been turning down quite a few uh, projects mm -hmm. just because I want to like focus on one thing at a time because if I, I feel like if I don't have that focus then I don't get anything done even though my hands are in like 10 different baskets. Yeah, and yeah. I, I really hate being in that kind of phase. So nowadays, like I try to uh, like just focus on one thing at a time. But yeah, I enjoy shooting as as well as editing a lot. But I feel like uh, like video editing, for example, boy, <laughs> it gets exhausted, man. So I, like, well, with Photoshop and stuff, I really I really love it, man. Especially like when you can just um, like think of any random possibility and like make it work. And then when yeah. you see it, how it's executed and how people react to it, it's, it's quite a nice feeling. Um, but yeah, I was gonna ask in terms of like your actual like location scouting and stuff. I, I noticed that, for example, with like the Jack Wolfskin stuff that you did, um, like a lot of stuff you do outdoors and stuff. Do you guys like go hiking and stuff, or is that something that's like <laughs> naturally part of your routine? Uh, I th I think like with with locations, um, we, like we have like a catalog in our mind of of like a few different locations, uh, and then a lot of it is yeah, we just like go out and look for these places and if we find like one like cool spot like for Jack Wolfskin if we find like a cool like green spot we'll keep that like and then we'll use that for like other similar projects down the line but I think yeah especially in like the with Covid and everything like locations are kind of like the hardest thing to crack down on and and uh, we sort of have to make things look more than they are if that makes sense so 
for, like that the pictures for the Jack Wall skin is it's in a nice like sort of park area but we try and give it a whole vibe of that it's like out in some sort of forests far away or something like that where, where in reality it's like we're in London we haven't left London so um, yeah, so I was in London just, yeah yeah, <laughs> so we just got to sort of I make it. You guys work. are like good to Mount Snood or something. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> this is all this is all in London. Has, co- has COVID kind of has it per- like made it harder to be creative, or has it just forced you to be creative in different ways and maybe expanded the way that you guys used to do work? That, yeah, I think it's it's made us like expand in different ways. Like for us specifically, we've been focusing more on on design now. So like like i be like for me as well right at the beginning like when we first went into lockdown i would i wanted to like try learn a new skill that i just had no idea about so i started picking up um 3d design so like cinema 4d animation and that's like the that was like the hardest thing i've ever tried to do and i kind of like got put off it but but i think yeah in general for for our brand we've just been focusing on design and trying to get better at that because We've been doing photography for years, but design is like kind of new to us. So, so yeah, we've been focusing on that mainly. Uh, uh, you guys said earlier you guys do clothing drops once in a while as well, right? Yeah. So is, is that process, that creative process, is it different from when a... So clothing brand sounds like it's your own brand, right? Yeah, so it, it's under the line brand. So we do, we've got sort of like two two I guess you could say like arms like we've got the the content side and then every now and again we'll, we'll drop the clothing side so is is that is that creative process different from when a client approaches you yeah it's uh yeah I think it's, it's quite different because that's more just centered around us and what we want so it's like complete creative control because uh we don't we obviously we don't create clothing for anyone else other than just for the line brand it, it's sort of like um another co- kind of vehicle for design so i think it's we enjoy it quite a lot because it's kind of different in the sense that you can design something and then you have the physical you can like physically touch and hold the hold the product right. and and um we work a lot with like maybe we'll do some content and it will live on a screen and it'll go to an iphone and or it'll go sort of on, on different places but physically being able to kind of like hold and wear something you've designed is, is kind of cool and and the process of like um, doing the drops and then someone messaging from somewhere like someone in like Istanbul someone messages with the, with the show and it's like a, it's a very different weird feeling to think that you've made something in your head that you designed it and then it's come out into a physical product and it's on like the other side of the world or something like that so um, yeah it's right. something we enjoy doing. I remember I was in Toronto in 2017 and I knew this guy there who was wearing a jacket that I really liked and I asked him where did you get it and he said his friend made it it's his friend's clothing line and then we went over to his friend's house and uh, we tried some some of the stuff and we bought some and and then I kind of overheard I overheard him speak uh, speaking to his mother and he was like yo these guys came all the way from yada yada for my clothing stuff so like what is that excitement like when you see someone or hear about someone or see a picture of someone in like in i don't know malaysia or <laughs> or uh, brazil wearing something that you guys have created what, what does that feel like yeah i think we were talking uh, about it to someone uh, recently I, I was saying like feelings wise or it's like the most like surreal thing because it could be something as simple as like 
we don't do many over the year but let's say we design one and or we design a drop and it goes out and just like someone like we got a message uh, a few months ago from a guy in where was he somewhere in Canada or someone wearing it it's just it's just weird I think the kind of satisfaction of seeing someone wearing something you've you've created um, is like a, a million times more um, yeah. a million times better than just seeing someone use your content I don't it's a weird way to explain it but it's just a very different feeling and, and that something you've created has ended up on the other side of the world or something like that or even there's someone in London or people just it was just always kind of crazy to us how much some people people supported the drops like they started to do kind of kind of well um, and yeah it was just it's just always a good feeling to see people like appreciate the, the work I remember in, again in Toronto someone uh stopped me in the middle of the street and I was like yo you're that guy who does youtube videos right <laughs> and like I can't I can't explain to you what that does to, like you guys understand I don't know how many I don't know if you've tried that before when someone just recognizes your work people have like before I used to do the podcast weekly and I was doing reading books and for some reason I went to an event and someone like said to me like are you guys that do podcasts and I was like what the hell I've never revealed it's my so face. weird right <laughs> So no, with that I hadn't I hadn't like shown my face or anything. It was all audio at that time. So I was thinking, well, what the hell? <laughs> like, hey, I, I think I've said this on every episode, but your voice is mm, perfect, bro. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you can recognize it. You can fall asleep to it. You can relax to it. Yeah, you guys, you have the voice. Yeah, you should speak to your wife about this, man. But but <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I, my ego just inflated when I heard that. Uh, like, how do you guys keep yourself in check, like ego wise, not let that stuff get to your head? Because it's very easy to just like, like your ego for your ego to explode. Yeah, I think um, I don't. I don't know. To be honest, we we haven't been uh, like recognized. I don't think we're not. I guess big enough or, or people haven't, we haven't ever been like stopped in the street or something like that but um, just to, like the thing with the drops like some people ask like or when they find out like oh like we never expected any of them to sell out or anything like that like I think the, f the first one we did a collaboration with another brand because we were kind of nervous about do people even want to like will people like the stuff or do we have a strong enough sort of base of people to support it? So we collaborated on the first one and, and that one, I think, yeah, that one sold out. And then the rest of them have just sold out ever since. And and people always ask, like, oh, why don't you just do them all the time? We'll do them every, every month or just, but it's never sort of been like a cash grab or anything like that. We sort of just do it because we like it. And um, we, it takes a lot of time as well. I think in terms of not letting it get to our heads, I think we just, we, we do a lot of stuff because we enjoy it, uh, not so much like to, I don't know, like get validation or anything like that. We sort of just, so when someone says they like our work or something like that, or or a, a drop sells out or something like that, I think uh, we're just sort of appreciative of, of the people who support it. And um, we know also, we're kind of also very aware of the fact that, um, that we like the stuff that we're building, but it, with the way the world is in two months it could all be gone or something like that you never know what's going to happen next week let alone next month so we sort of just uh, take everything one step at a time really mm. I was going to ask you about how you've been like handling COVID and stuff like, in general yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming because you're speaking to us both from um, one location you guys live together so like how has it been like, um, like just being at home all the time and dealing with that 
Yeah, it, it took a lot of adjusting. I think Dow touched on it earlier, but we started moving um, over to more design design based projects because that allows us to, um, especially just in in when when the first lockdown kind of hit and you couldn't really go anywhere. Um, we just did more like design stuff, a lot of work, just sort of sitting on Photoshop, designing for brands, just that. And um, the biggest thing, it's obviously really hard. You can't really, especially now, like getting models and setting up larger shoots and things like that is, is almost impossible. And there are, I know there are ways around it, but then we also don't want to sort of go against any guidelines or even risk um, obviously catching COVID or anything like that. So yeah, yeah we, we just sort of try and, um, shape everything to the current climate like if if we can't go out we'll just tell turn away some projects and if we could stay in we'll take a bunch of smaller projects that are design based and i think i think like what you said about being together i think i think it's helped us in a way because it's kind of forced us to to work on lime wall like when you're when you're alone you can it can be easy to procrastinate or go work on on like personal projects so so it's been it's been helpful in the fact that that we've been uh, like being together we've been able to like motivate each other and focus solely on on building up this this uh, brand that we're trying to build and then obviously delegate time towards our our personal projects like when we can. Mm. Mm. All right, I've got some questions about style now. Um, me personally, I love storytelling. Um, so for me, when I think of a story. But when I think of a design and someone, or for, for example, if someone hires me, I think immediately of how I can tell that story in a visual manner. Yeah. And I feel like it also, uh, stylistically, when you make things, it reflects uh, on your personality. Because I feel like you guys are quite like calm guys uh, based on the way you talk and the way you, <laughs> you carry yourselves. Um, and it, I think it actually reflects in your design styles. I feel like when I look at your work, it's very calming it's very like zen you know and it's nice to see it's quite relaxing like it's, it's nice to just look at and it's very clean as well so like what do you guys think about that do you feel like your personality influences your style yeah i i didn't really thought about it to be honest until until you said it um but yeah it, it does make sense um i think we just sort of me and that we're kind of similar yet quite different in the way we sort of create like we always make time to help each other out on like the personal projects um i think it just comes down to to be honest like just making what we like whether it's on our personal stuff or working with brands we always put our input in and and uh try and give up it comes down to like kind of how you're feeling you're right like sometimes you you feel like you want to create something kind of crazy or or you try and make something like quite out there or if you're just sort of feeling calm you'll you'll just create something sort of sleek and calm but yeah i think it's comes down, come down to mainly we just make what we feel like really um i don't really know how else to explain it mm. all right so like that was a very abstract concept like if, if you get to know me you know i'm 90 uh, of my conversations end up being like that but um in terms of actually like developing your style um personally me when i started learning design and um, video editing and photographs and stuff I like stumbled into the whole thing and I kind of freestyled everything but now I feel like I know what I like and I know what works for me um, but how do you guys apart from like just I think the, the easy answer is just give it time and, and practice but apart from that how do you guys say you develop your style? Uh, I'd say 
I'd say it's probably yours, influenced. Yours has changed quite a lot. Yeah, like I, yeah, it, it, like it always changes. Like I remember when I first started, like the account I have now on Instagram, my personal account. I remember everything was firstly everything was black and white, <laughs> and I thought that was like the coolest thing to do at the time. And then like looking back and I was like, what was I doing? Like at, at the moment, colors are colors are like my my main thing. I try to focus on. So uh, you can see how it's like changed so drastically. So I guess it's, uh, I guess it's probably just uh, like influences. Like I like I'm influenced a lot by music and and film and art. So I think it's like that's probably what's changed my style the most. And then and then I think it's like society and 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 the art world in general. Like what's like what's working at the moment. And then, like, trying to create my work around that, maybe. Mm. Well, it's a hard question because, yeah, I never really talked it, about it. It's not something you can. It's not something you can answer straight off the top of my head. I, I appreciate that. Um, in terms of like you saying things that you inspire you, is there anything in particular? Let's say in film. Like, what's your favorite film that you would say that's influenced your work? Um, I think, like, I put something on my st- like Instagram story like a few weeks ago about. Um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that film is just crazy. Like, like the cinematography and the colors. I think That's that. A great choice. Yeah, that that in uh, in terms of visual style is what's influenced like my the colors and the composition in my work a lot. The cinematography in that movie is insane. It's crazy. Like, like everything from costume design to set design to cinematography to like everything there is just so well thought out yeah. it's, it's 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 a real pleasure to just watch it you can mute it and watch it honestly and yeah, it'll, yeah it'll be like pleasing to look at yeah well, you, see, you say yours is ray because uh, i see you uh, tweeting a lot about harry potter lately <laughs> <laughs> i'm in a nostalgic mood like i i watched harry potter as a kid i didn't know anything about cinematography but now that I'm looking back at it, like, oh my goodness, like they really have some stunning, yeah. amazing cinematography. But it gets overshadowed because people who are watching Harry Potter are not watching it from a from a film analysis uh, perspective. They're watching it because they like the the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the movies that I loved from a story perspective, but also from a cinematography perspective, is Joker. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I, really I think. Loved it. The whole going back to, I don't know, the 19-somethings. <laughs> they went back at least to the 70s. And just the, the costumes and the color grade and, this, and, the, and the lighting and like all of that stuff. I think it was just a beautiful movie and I, I really enjoyed watching it. And there are certain f- movies that I don't like. Uh, Dun- I don't like Dunkirk, for example. I know that, I know that it's, uh, the critics really liked it. But just like the color grading and 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 the and the audio and like the what's it called uh, audio design yeah. and 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 the and the color grading I think are stunning. Like even though I don't like the movie, I can I can sit back and actually enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife calls it a work 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 related damage um, because when we sit down and watch movies, I try to tell her like. Oh, they put the lighting from this yeah, angle. You gotta be the worst guy to say, watch a film with. Yeah, it's the worst to watch movies with, because I like I talk a lot during movies. Mm-hmm. So not in the cinema, but at home, I'll talk forever about. Oh, did they they did this effect by you doing this and like yeah. I try to break down. We watched Lord of the Rings, uh, together a couple of days ago, and I, like every time there's an effect, I'm 
I'm trying to break it down. Like, how did they do this? Instead of just sitting back and enjoying it. Obviously, the first time I'm watching something, I'm going to enjoy it. But then if I watch it again, I'm going to try to figure out how I can learn from this. Yeah. So I think I think I learn a lot from movies and, and other creatives. Um, I, can, I can keep talking, but, yeah, it's, but it's funny. Uh, it's funny I'll give you... one specific example. There's a guy, I think, I think most of you, I think all three of you know him. He's called uh, Creations of LA. Yeah, yeah. On on Instagram, when I first started out, like taking photography serious, I looked at him and I was mind blown with with the with the uh, photo manipulation that he was doing. And then after like getting over that first phase of oh my god, he's so good, I I tried to like understand how he created those pictures and how I could do it myself. And that's how I got into photo manipulation myself. So I think my inspiration and, and how I develop my style is just trying a million different things and then see what I naturally like. So that's that, that's, the, that's the conclusion of everything. Would you like, guys con- say you have a style now? Because like for me, when I see lamps, I see like immediately what kind of style you have. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I feel like the quality is very like clear, like, the, like how clean the designs are, it's very clear. Um, but I see a style, um, but obviously with every single like different thing that you've done, there's a different take to every style that you've done as well. So, um, would you guys, what would you guys say about that? Yeah, I think um, especially like when you kind of start to introduce business in, into like the, into like creativity, all of a sudden you get like a bunch of different voices in your ear, and you obviously every time you open up to working with someone, you have to sort of take a step back in terms of the creative control so like we'd love to work with every brand and be like um we want to do this this and this for you and just let us do it but they've obviously got their own sort of idea so i think that the hardest thing for us is um sort of uh merging like our influences of our sort of style and still keeping them on brand because we can't completely change um a brand's image just because we want to get creative with it but what we can do is sort of like sprinkle our own influence and still pair it so like if you see on the feed i think we we don't post a whole bunch of work we only post kind of the ones that we kind of think are slightly more eye-catching on the feed but the ones we do post it's like a little bit of our sort of style but we try and keep it on brand for for the people we're working for and i think that's it just all comes down to finding balance so i was wondering what you think about that piece of advice that people give in terms of working towards things that you want to do otherwise like when you do get that job and you're constantly working on other people's projects and not really showing your style and then you end up getting a job that you don't really like like what do you guys think about that piece of advice do you mean more in terms of like working with brands or just sort of like uh career wise in general like freelancing working with brands yeah um yeah i think again it's like it sounds cliche but it's more just about finding the balance in between the two i think you can if you're if you're lucky and like you're good enough you can sort of get through on just creating stuff in your own style kind of like you were uh mentioning about creations of la i think like he just does his own thing all the time and and he can and because his stuff is really sick um i think in our case like we'd love to do it always in our just do everything our way but you, you need to sort of um retreat a little bit and allow for other influences of brands um because in the end of the day you're working for them every time you sign a client you are working for them so 
um, I think if you can sort of build up to a point where you can start to do all your own things, um, that's like the dream. So you can sort of just be totally independent in your work. But whilst you're in that sort of building process, I would say like do your own things and uh, create stuff in your own style, but also don't be overly like proud and, and just be able to sort of be like, yeah, I might take a step back to just sign this client, do this work. And it's sort of like an investment in yourself, really. You learn a few more skills, you get a bit more experience, and then maybe one day you're able to sort of, that's what we're working towards, like being able to do everything all independently. And I think, I think like people having their input in, in, in the creation process is not always bad. Like it helps sometimes. It gives you that like foundation to work off. So just because everyone has their own style, I mean, uh, it kind of helps you because then you have a place to start and then you can build build on that throughout the throughout the project. Cool. So you got five more minutes. So I want to kind of end it on a more uh, positive note. I think we all had quite a difficult year. Um, like one of the things I want to do in the new year is, or one of the like goals I have for myself is to kind of balance. Like I, I've been doing a lot of creative work for the brand and for other people this year. And I want to kind of like get to back to enjoying the process a bit more and and like try and start creating more things for myself as well, just for fun. Um, I was wondering, like, in terms of like finding that balance, how how do you guys do it? Because I feel like uh, you, you guys do a lot of creative work for other people, but you also get things done yourself for, for yourself, just for your own pleasure as well. Yeah, um, we we kind of always had like uh, the agreement where like we do the the work for Lime and we'll build it up but we'd always make time for our own because in the end of the day we do all this because we, we kind of enjoy it right so and we started off doing it all for free and creating for fun so we never want to get to a point where we're only working just for money or anything like that because I think that's sort of when when it, sort of the passion dies out um, yeah so we've always agreed like Dal will do his own stuff as well whatever he wants and I'll do my own stuff whenever we can find time and, and I think it's important as well because like on your Instagram like the good thing about it is there's no one really to tell you uh, do it this way do it that way it's like everything is fully yours full creative control so and um, it's also a good way to reach out to get other people to sort of see your work and so we've always been um, of the thought process where yeah we'll do our own stuff uh, we'll do the live stuff but we'll always develop our own um, call it personal brands maybe but we'll always do that so that's sort of just been an agreement we've always had and it's kind of fun as well because maybe some days where you're on a weekend or something and you look out and the weather's good outside and you just feel like going and shooting your own stuff rather than like sticking to a brief and shooting for someone else so and then the editing process is a lot more fun because it's all, it's all based around what you want to do so i think yeah it's definitely important to um have like your own outlet as well mm, agreed um so yeah that's one of my goals for the year but all right cool so i'm gonna end it with one question one one serious question is about advice and one a bit more lighthearted lighthearted query um i'll ask you all including ray so yeah um what for you guys at live studios what advice would you give for people wanting to work with brands and who want to build their own creative brands um you guys can go first do you want to go first no, no, you guys can you guys can go first. Okay, uh, I think I'd say if you're if you're starting out right at the beginning, is just build build up your portfolio as much as you can. Get get loads of work in in different industries, and just have have a good body of work to 
to bring to people when you want to work with them. Yeah, and just, just to add to that, I would say like when you are sort of if two things like one, make sure it's something that you really enjoy doing because sometimes you end up getting to you guys will know like you get to a point where you're up till like three, four, four o'clock in the morning and you're editing and you're feeling really tired it's that point where you need to make sure what you're doing is, is something you kind of enjoy because i can't really think of anything worse than being up at like 5 a.m doing something you hate so definitely start it with something that like you're really passionate about and really enjoy and then the second thing would probably be um it sounds cliche but just be like completely honest and and open and um with your work and don't really cut corners i think uh Sometimes people think, oh, I'll just, I'll just be cut this corner or cut that corner, cut my losses and maybe make a little bit more money on the side or something like that. I think if you're just completely honest and you just do good work all the time, no matter if it's like a startup or like a household name, if you just put maximum effort into each thing, I think it then it shows to not only the person you're working with, but just also to people in general that, that you're just uh, sort of honest and true in, in the work you put out. I think for me, uh, the best advice I think is universal if across creative um, practices, but also universal in terms of if you're just starting out or if, you, if you've been in the game for a while, uh, be a pleasure to work with. There's, there's nothing that's going to help you as much as a good word of mouth. And, if, and, and there's like what you want is returning customers and you can create, you can make a lot of money off of one project. It's like they hate working with you, so they'll find someone else. Like, be a pleasure to work with. That doesn't mean compromise on on contractual terms and 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 compromise on your price or compromise on on what you promised. Um, but be a pleasure to work with. Be someone who, when they talk about you, they'll be like, "All right, he was actually he or she was actually pretty cool to work with," because that that's gonna give you a higher chance of being hired again. So that I think that's the one advice I'd give. Okay, that's a good note to end with. So on, on that note, I want to quickly do something a little bit different. Um, I'm, we're both, like, me and Ray started up with Blueprint and we're working together as a group. Uh, previously, I've been working with Inspire UK that I founded. Um, but every, all of us have had the experience working on ourselves as well and our own creative brands. Um, but we're both, like, both of our parties now are in, like, two different groups. Um, and everyone like working in groups and working by yourself has uh, pros and cons, but the reality is we're both working in groups at the moment. Um, and I feel like a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome. Uh, so what I want to do is I want you all to, to, um, give your partner some words of praise right now. <laughs> just tell me, um, just tell the people what you think your partner is good at and like what, what like brings a lot of value to your, to your team because of that. So I'll oh let my you get that line. <laughs> so you, guys, you, want, you want us to go? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is weird. So we, we don't really praise each other ever, really. So this is a first. But uh, <laughs> see, I'm breaking down toxic masculinity here. <laughs> um, honestly, I'll just say. I mean, I think whenever I'm speaking about him, anyway, in uh, in general, it's just. Um, I think the, the balance is good because he sort of brings that that technical side, like. I might come up with like sometimes I come up with like stupid ideas like oh can we do this and make this thing fly out of this place and coming something falling out of the clouds or something crazy and then like 
he'll be like, okay, do you know how to do it? And I'll be like, nah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it, but I need you to try and do it. And he'll sort of whip something up. So I think his sort of technical skill is like, like there's no chance we could do half the stuff we've done without that sort of, without um, that actual technical skill of Photoshop or all the softwares. Like he's miles better than me at that. So that's something always I'm like, all right, I've got to make sure I keep, I keep him around because we need him, need him to be able to. Uh, yeah, you, you bet he's your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is heartwarming. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't, he's, I don't know what he's going to say, but <laughs> um, I guess uh, I think him. I think maybe just being more mature and older, he's more. Uh, he's helped, like, help me keep, like, keep grounded and focus on what I'm doing. So, uh, so what was that? I said your compliment is calling him old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess he's wiser than me, so it's e- it's easy to go off track. So I, I guess, um, like the praise I'd give him is just keeping keeping me grounded and focused on all what we need to do. It's good, good stuff to hear. Um, for myself, for Ray, I feel like he also gives me a lot of direction as well. He, he's, I feel like, in terms of like. I'm a technical person, but I also have quite a good conceptual mind. But yeah, I, I often come up with things that it's probably unrealistic or uh, it's probably not as high quality as I would like. So he's very good at like finding those fine details and his own work is really high quality. as well. So I really appreciate having him as a partner. Um, so yeah. Wow. How do I beat that? That's, that's three compliments for three people in a row. I think I think for, for you, um, Muhammad Imam, it's that I've seen the work that you've done and the consistency that you've you've created that work with, and I think that pushes me to to not slack on the work that I do. So so I think you're really good at motivating, um, but not just like with with vague motivational speeches, but like practical advice and and how to overcome the things that we're going through as creatives. I think a lot of that. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of what I do and what we're doing together. I don't, I don't think it would be possible if there wasn't that voice of reason that that you provide when the voice of doubt and the voice of laziness uh, creeps into my mind. So I think that's, that's really valuable to, to the Blueprint team. Okay, I hope, uh, that's put a smile on my face. So I hope you guys have ended <laughs> the smile as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just, uh, I just want everyone to feel good a little bit uh, going into the new year. Yeah, that was, so, that was yeah. nice. But where can we find you guys on socials? Um, well, you can find uh, Lime on at Lime Studios and then we have our personal brands which are mine is Dawood LDN and yeah I still don't know how to pronounce mine but it's just my name with an X in it so D-X-N-I double A-L so how do you spell Lime it's, it's not it's not like a fruit or the is it a vegetable or a fruit what's that sorry it's a fruit it's Lime but it's Oh, uh, yeah, people always ask what it means. Um, <laughs> I wish I had some like really cool meaning behind it. We just kind of just like the name. The only kind of cool thing is uh, if you take the actual color lime and you flip the color code, um, at, you invert the color code, uh, it comes up with the exact color code of our purple color of lime. I don't know if that's kind that's of cool. cool. Wow. So you get the exact color code that we use for our branding. How do you spell lime? Is it? L-Y-M-E. L-Y-M-E. Yeah. Lime Studios. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure to have you guys on here. Uh, make sure you follow these guys on their uh, personal platforms, but also uh, on their business platform at Lime Studios. So one more time, thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. Appreciate, appreciate you guys it. coming on. Thanks, guys.
Thank you for listening to the Blueprint Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tell a friend and stay tuned for the next one. Peace.